welcome to my story, his story, our journey. This is Miss Mary here, just welcoming everybody today. And I hope you're as excited to take this journey into God's Word as I am. And uh, I also want to remind everybody out there to please share uh, this particular podcast and episode with a family member or friend. And remember always to hit the bell if you have it available on your particular podcast. That way you'll be notified every time a new episode appears. Thank you for joining me once again for today, and I'll see you in my part of the story. Welcome to my part of the story. Well, today we are going to go on a journey that sometimes can be absolutely wonderful and then sometimes can be the most extremely hard thing to overcome or do. I'm sure in your life, the same as in my life, there has been times that people has hurt us to the point where we feel like it's one of the hardest things in the world to do to be able to forgive. Yes, we're going to talk about the topic of forgiveness today and the importance of the ability to do so. Um, I know that when you hear that, there's probably already somebody or a situation or a scenario that's come up in your mind that you instantly thought of. That's my point exactly. Whoever that was, whatever the situation was, whatever hurt you to your core, can you forgive it? Now we know that the greatest forgiveness of all times is the forgiveness of sin, which Jesus so graciously demonstrated that he, as he paid for that cost on the, on the cross, And, you know, when we asked him to please forgive us of our sin, he says he's faithful and just to do that. So why is it that we struggle so much with being able to forgive others? Now, this is extremely important for believers. And I've probably touched on this a little bit before that, you know, when Christ asks us to be able to forgive others, we fail to realize that and sometimes we even like to just believe that it's not as much for them as it is for us and that's true you know when you release them from that sin and you forgive them for the sin that they committed against you it does help you it helps you from being bitter and sad and angry and and so we do benefit from forgiving others as well, but what about just having the heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to be able to be merciful and to actually forgive someone else just like Jesus had forgiven us? Could we do it if we didn't benefit from it ourselves? Could we honestly say, I forgive you because I choose to forgive you that seems to be even a little bit more difficult. So we always kind of cushioning it with it's as much for us as it is for them, which is true. But 
What about Jesus? Was it as much for him as it was for us? I know that he did the will of his Father in whom sent him to be able to reconcile us back to God the Father, but I really see no benefit for Jesus Christ that he wholeheartedly choose to take on the responsibility and the punishment of all of our sin on the cross just to set us free from the penalty of it. Well, I want to be able to talk to you some about this concept of forgiveness. I have been hurt many, many times in my life. Um, I've been hurt mentally. I have been hurt physically. I have been hurt by husbands, betrayed by husbands, betrayed by family members. And the stronger I get as a Christian, the easier it does become easier, should I say, for me to be able to actually forgive. But, you know, sometimes it's easy for us just to forgive those that, you know, we, we think about the lost and, you know, um, that they don't have the ability to actually live for Christ without the very Holy Spirit living in their heart. So we have a tendency to, you know, say the same thing that Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But what about those that claim to be believers? Are you struggling with that one even more? Or possibly the ones that are closest to you in your family? It always seems to be those situations that end up dragging us down into a pit of despair and anger and bitterness because they're capable of being able to hurt us so much more because we trust them. We trust them with our life. We trust them with friendship. We trust them with with our, our, our own family. Um, so when we're examining our own heart, what about you? You know, have you ever betrayed somebody that loved you and that you supposedly loved? Have you ever done something that has been extremely painful? I mean, if you think of God the Father and you think we are His creation, look at what all we've done throughout our lives and all of the sin that we have committed. And when we've committed that sin, we've committed that sin against God Himself. But yet, it's so much easier to hold someone else accountable than it is to hold our own selves accountable to our own sin. So we're quick to want to be forgiven, but not so quick to actually be the person that is the forgiver. So this is the the topic in which we're going to speak about today. And we're going to go look at some scriptures here. And we're going to see exactly how did Jesus feel about his disciples and in turn feel about us and what he has to say about this topic of forgiveness and who we should forgive and why we should forgive them. So I will see you over in his part of the story.
Welcome back to his part of the story. Well, before we get into the exact Bible reading and the verses and the scriptures here, I just want to share with you a few other scriptures that I found that speak on this concept of forgiveness and how important it is to Jesus and how he feels about it. Uh, we find here in Luke 23:34, which you can write these down and go back and look them up after we get finished. But it says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they divided up his clothes and cast lots. So this was at the foot of the cross where they were actually mocking Jesus. And they actually took his clothes and were gambling for articles of his clothes as he laid suffering on the cross. And can you imagine how difficult that must have been for Jesus to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But we see here in the great example of Jesus forgiven those that have sinned against him. And also you can see in Luke 6, 37, it says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So that's an important scripture to really examine and to examine your heart. Like, can you be as forgiven as much as you want to be forgiven? We also see in Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you of your sins. Now that's one that is quoted quite often and that's kind of scary. The concept of Jesus could be telling us that that if we cannot forgive others for the sin that they have against us, then God the Father will not forgive us of our sins. And you would say, well, if I'm already forgiven, how is that possible? And I think you'll we'll, we'll be answering that question here in the actual scripture reading and in the commentary part that we'll be doing. Um, but first, I just wanted to lay some of those those um, scriptures down that have talked about forgiveness and and here again we have Luke 23:34. No, I'm sorry, I already read that one. Um, we have um, Ephesians verse four, or chapter four, verse 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ has forgiven you. Now, that verse 31 is very important because every time you see a situation that probably will require some kind of forgiveness, you will see where there will be bitterness or rage or anger or brawling or slander and malice. I know recently in my life, I've just come through a very difficult situation with a very, very special group of people that I love dearly and I believed loved me dearly. 
and it was very, very hard. It broke my heart. It did make me bitter for a while. It did make me angry. And, you know, I had no right. I really had no right. You know, for all of the sin that I have done in my life that Jesus Christ had to pay for on that cross, it's funny how your flesh can rise up over top of your spiritual uh, spirituality. You know, they, we always call that the, uh, the carnal side and the spiritual side. And, and, and I'm not free of the carnal side, I can tell you. Um, because that was a situation where it just kind of went to prove that there is still very much a carnal side to me. Um, and, you know, we need to combat that with the Word of God. And and I'm not saying that the situation did not have to take place. I believe it did need to take place because God uses all things for His honor and for His glory. And I can see where God has moved in that situation and uh, done great things and but not thanks to me <laughs> I mean honestly I'm not sure I handled myself the way I should have in the same scenario that I'm speaking of and um, but I know that God has laid it on my heart like I feel like I've let it go but then there's days in my mind and in my heart I feel like I revisit it and probably because I talk about it sometimes and sometimes I, you know, feel like I still have to defend what my decision was and and that's just Satan, you know. Satan wants us to hang on to the anger and wants us to hang on to the bitterness and, you know, he can, one, destroy our testimony and our witness by us doing so, but he also can distill our joy. You know, for as often as he can get us to not forgive sin that has been done against us as believers he can hold on to your joy like you won't have any joy he'll destroy your joy because he wants you to dwell in the past and you know the past is gone and there's nothing we can do about the past but the present and the future still lives on and you know we can choose to forgive and put away all bitterness and anger and malice or we can choose to just hang on to it. And this once again goes back to, isn't it better for ourselves that we do lay it down at the feet of Jesus and say, I've forgiven it and I know you've forgiven them as well. And let the Lord deal with them one-on-one and as to whether they address their sin and if they ask God to forgive them for their sin and their part in it. But I do know how important this was to Jesus Christ. And we're going to go over into Matthew. (laughs) So that was part of Matthew there. But we're going to go back up to where this very first started. And the question was given from Peter to Jesus about forgiveness. So in the book of Matthew, or the gospel of Matthew, uh, in chapter 18, verses 21 through 35 and you know prior to this I'll just give you a little bit Jesus had talked about you know the temple taxes and they also asked about who was the greatest among them and 
they talked about temptation and of sin and then there was also the parable of the lost sheep and it also talked prior to this in verse 15 if your brother sins against you so we can see here that it is the brethren it's not just uh any person so it is difficult when it comes to your own brother or your own brother in Christ or your sister in Christ or your own personal flesh family your brothers and sisters it becomes so much harder and it says here in verse 21 then Peter came up and said to him said to the Lord Lord how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him as many as seven times Jesus said to him I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Now, I know you already knew that that's probably where I was going. Because we'll sit there and we'll actually take a calculator and see how many times is seventy times seven. But you would have to understand their culture and what Jesus was really saying here. Jesus was really implying a continual ability to forgive people and to forgive them again and again. Um, now remember, it doesn't mean, forgiveness doesn't mean you're agreeing with what they did or you're encouraging it to be done again. Forgiveness is you releasing them from a punishment or getting them back for what it is that they have done to you, which is the same with Jesus. Jesus released us from our penalty of our sin based on we should have been the ones that suffer that that punishment for that sin. So then it goes on in 23 to say, Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. So now Jesus goes into another parable, another story, and he wants them to really understand what it is he's saying. So he goes on and he says, When he began to settle, one was brought to him, who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, this master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him of his debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So this fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported it to the master, all that had taken place. Verse 32. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant. I forgave you all of the debts because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers 
until he should pay all of his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Now that was a mouthful and that to me, you'll often hear me say that's kind of scary. That's kind of scary because see, we have been forgiven and it cost Jesus Christ quite a bit beyond anything we could ever endure. And so Jesus is explaining this through this story, this parable of a master. See, our master was the Lord. Our master was God the Father who forgave us. He paid, he had pity on us. He had mercy on us. He paid the price in full. And he forgave us of the sin debt that we owe. But yet, you look at the, when he had to go out, he found his servant and he said, pay me now. And he refused to forgive him. He refused to forgive the debt that he had owed. So he decided to throw him in prison and make him pay for it. And see, the first master, upon finding that out, looked down upon him and he said, you wicked servant. Now, this is my point that I want to get across. Are we being wicked servants? One, we're hanging on to anger. We're hanging on to bitterness. We're hanging on to what had done against, had been done or said against us that cut us to our core. So we're not only allowing all of that to basically be toxic in our heart and in our personality and in our mind. But worse than that, we are being a wicked servant. Now, some would say, well, have they came and asked for forgiveness? Has anybody acknowledged their sin against us? Or has someone even asked to be forgiven or apologized for the pain that they had inflicted upon us? But I don't believe that that matters really. And I'll tell you why. Whether they acknowledge it or not, that is going to be left between them and the Lord. What's going to be left between us and the Lord is our acknowledgement of what took place. And if we can forgive the sin that had been imposed on us, just like Jesus Christ had to do. And you see, when he says that your sins shall not be forgiven, I believe that's because the heart of a believer having the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ in them, they may be hurt and it may sting for a while and it might come up again a little bit in them. But ultimately, that Holy Spirit of God in their heart wants that reconciliation, wants to be able to forgive and let it go. So see, I believe Jesus knew that if you cannot, if you cannot be that person that actually can forgive others the same way you have been forgiven, then maybe you were never forgiven to start with. It's easy to believe you have been forgiven, 
But if there is no evidence of that in your heart and in your life, that you carry that same kind of love and mercy in your heart, then how do we know the Holy Spirit is there? See, the Holy Spirit is the one that lives on inside of us that actually wants to forgive. He, he encourages us. He's an encourager. He's a teacher. He's a convictor. And he will be the one to want us to be able to forgive those around us. So is he there? Well, we're going to stop here and we're going to look, investigate it a little bit more in our part of the journey. And I'll see you there. Welcome back to our part of the journey. Sorry I had to cut that one a little bit short. Like I said, it's been extremely hard to find a quiet place in my life these days as I've been fostering children and people are always in and out. So somebody had walked in, but I want to just still pick up there and just touch on that just a little bit before we continue into our journey. But, you know, my question is, is are you struggling? You know, are you struggling with being able to let the wrong be settled and forgive someone even if they have not asked for forgiveness I, I urge you to pray seek God's face talk to the Holy Spirit you know he is the third entity in the Trinity and you can talk to the Spirit ask the Holy Spirit to give you the conviction and give you the strength and the ability to put it in the past so that you can regain your joy and that you could be a force for Jesus because that's one of the things that's the most important is, is if you love the Lord like I love the Lord, you want your witness and you want your testimony to shine bright. You want to be able to love others, to reach out to others, to forgive others and because if you hold on to anger and to bitterness, it's so hard. It is so hard for you to actually be able to have the joy that you really do want to have. You can be going through the day and feeling like you have that joy. And then all it has to happen is one mention of what took place. And the next thing you know, you're back into that dark area of pain again and anger so I encourage you to listen to Jesus' words and to let it go and to ask God to help you forgive them, even if you have to forgive it every day until it finally goes away. Just just listen to Jesus' words about forgiveness. I just know that this is what he's put on my heart now, and I know he's convicting me even right now as we speak over a specific situation in my life. But... I wanted to follow up here a little bit and do a, a clo closing with some commentary. And I found this very interesting upon this parable and this story that Jesus Christ was telling. That down at the bottom, it says here, verse 18, or chapter 18, verse 24, it says, 10,000 talents. It says, in Old Testament times, a talent was a unit of weight equaling about 75 pounds or 34 uh, kilograms. In the New Testament, it was a unit of monetary reckoning. 
So there's a difference. It was monetary reckoning in the New Testament. And then it says, though not an actual coin, valued at about 6,000, I think it's pronounced as drachmas, drachmas, the equivalent of about 20 years wages for a laborer. A common labor earned about one denarius per day in appro- a- approximate modern equivalents. If a labor earned $15 per hour at 2,000 hours per year, he would earn $30,000 per year. And the talent would equal 600,000 USDA. Hence, 10,000 talents hyperbolically represents an incalculable debt, an incalculable debt. In today's terms, about $6 billion. So when we're talking about this debt that this one particular gentleman owed, that was forgiven of him, it was $6 billion if we equivalent it to our U.S. money. That's out there. Like, who could pay back $6 billion? It's uncalculable. You know, we can try to say $6 billion, so we have a, we can calculate it to some degree, but what he's saying is it's off the charts. It's out there. It's almost unpayable. And then it says here, in verse 27, forgave him the debt. It says the forgiveness is such a massive debt, equivalent to $6 billion, it says is a dramatic illustration of the massive debt that people owe because of their sin to a holy, righteous God. Their complete inability ever to pay such a debt for the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. God's great mercy and patience which is Matthew 18, verse 26 and 29, in withholding his immediate righteous judgment that all people deserve of their sins. And four, God graciously graces provision of Christ's death and resurrection to pay for that debt for sins and to break the power of sin. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6, 23. The two central points of the parable are, first, that the gift of salvation is immeasurably great. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Hebrews 2.3 And second, that unless a person is completely merciful to others, God's mercy has not had a saving effect upon him. And he will be liable to pay the consequences himself. Now, you remember I said that I believe that that's what Jesus was trying to explain. Is does the love of Christ or is the love of Christ in you? Do you have mercy? Can you show mercy? See, that's something you just can't pull up out of yourself by yourself. That's why people will go to their graves mad or angry or bitter about somebody. They don't want them at their wedding. They don't want them at functions. They don't want to see them out and about. And they would just soon them never to show up at their funeral. See, it takes a supernatural power, a 
power that we don't have in ourselves to conquer sin that has been done against us. It takes an ability of God and only God to help us release the payment. See, Jesus released the payment for our sins, for my sin, for your sin. Can we release the payment? Can we say, even if I can't do it in my flesh, I'm going to do it through my spiritual side. I'm going to call upon the Holy Spirit to help me to look at a person or a group of people and release that debt that they owe for what had been done against us. We do have the ability If you are a believer and you hold the very Spirit of God in you, and if I am a believer and hold the very Spirit of God in me, we have the ability through Christ to do all things. So, are you struggling, believer? Are you struggling with what was done against you? With what was said against you? Or the sin that was acted out against you? Maybe a lie that was even told about you that had an an everlasting effect on your life, possibly. Maybe it was the sin of adultery. Maybe it's the sin of, of theft. Maybe somebody stole from you something that was valuable that could never be replaced. And they'll never come and admit it to you. Maybe they've just hurt you because they were a group of people or a person that you loved dearly, that you thought loved you, and yet they betrayed you. Do you have it in you to release that debt? Well, I ask myself, do I have it in me to release the debt? Me, myself? No. But deep inside of my heart, where it lies the Holy Spirit, my spiritual side, not my carnal side, but my spiritual side. Yes. And as of the end of this journey, I've got some praying to do, and I have some confessing to do. And I'm actually looking forward to my Lord and Savior taking that debt and washing it away. And releasing me from what is holding me back and stopping me from being filled full of the joy of my Lord. Because that's what I need to be able to reach others. I can't live in the past. I often tell people and I often tell teenagers, I've told my children, if you look, if you're sitting in a car and you're looking in that rearview mirror, and you see how small it is, but only thing that rearview mirror will show you is what's behind you. And we spend so much time looking in the rearview mirror at what's behind us, something that we cannot no longer control because it's over, it's done. That we fail to look out the huge windshield that's in front of us, which what is what lies ahead of us. You know, I just heard a wonderful message from a pastor talking about the looking behind and looking behind and and 
and not looking forward to what God has to do or what lays ahead of us. You know, even in my marriages that failed, I could sit and I could dwell on the pain that was inflicted upon me, the sin that was done against me forever. But then I'd have to say, how did I end up with this absolutely wonderful husband? If it had not been for the pain, if it had not been for the change in a different direction in my life, I would have never have met him. So sometimes, even though somebody has sinned against you, always remember God's promises. Always remember and trust in, have faith in Romans 8.28. For we know all things work together for good for those that love him and is called according to his purpose. And if you're called and you love him and I'm called and I love him, then there isn't much of anything that anybody can do against us that God will not use for the good. And if there's no other reason but that to be able to forgive them, that they don't even understand that God is going to use it for a good purpose, then at least hang on to that one. And maybe that will help you with your pain. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this journey. I pray that I did it justice. Father God, there were so many thoughts and so many things you were feeding me at one time, and I felt a little bit scattered with it, but I know that the core of this message is for us to be able to dig deep into our hearts and our minds and let go, just let go of the sin that's been sinned against us and forgive it and move on and be able to love you and enjoy you and 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 whatever path we happen to be on just to know that you have us and and this did not shock you and this is where you would have us to be and and lord i know some of the sins that's done by mankind against people can be so painful and so hurtful and and I've experienced that myself even as a young teenage child um but father god we need your help we need your ability your supernatural ability to say father forgive them for they know not what they do help us lord Help us reach deep within ourselves and use your very spirit to be able to forgive those that have come up against us and harmed us and and just to put it in the past where it belongs, never to be held against them again. That's the hard part. That's the hard part is just to be able to say, I set you free from the penalty of that sin. And that's where it gets difficult. That's why we need your Holy Spirit to do it because that means I, I refuse to talk about it. I refuse to dwell on it. I refuse to hold it against you anymore. But I know, Father God, that you can give us the ability to do that. And I know that's what you've laid on my heart for this particular journey. And I love you. I appreciate you. And I do ask you to help me to let go of some of the pain that I have been hanging on to recently. We love you. We thank you for dying on the cross. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me on this journey of forgiveness. And I do pray for each listener out there. I pray that if you know somebody that's struggling with the ability to forgive those that sinned against them, 
please share this particular episode with them. And I hope and pray that it brings you all peace. And I will see you next time on My Story, His Story, Our Journey.